my grandpappy, my grandpappy had a saying. He said, um, when folks show you what they're like, believe them. Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It is times such as these that require us to make a decision. This is a time of choosing, as President Reagan said. The choice, though, is permanent. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities. And when folks... Show you who they are, believe them. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. And we decided to make ourselves the partner of the week. That is Dave and Julie and Jerry and Michelle, myself, the people behind the podcast. It's the ToddHermanShow.com store. That's where the t-shirts are at. It's the second run. I can't say how long they'll last. I know that the, <laughs> I know that Randy, uh, our partner who runs the store, sent me sort of a panicked text. Hey, I guess you've started to announce the t-shirts on the show. Uh, <laughs> so the first time we did this, you guys were kind enough to purchase a thousand of these or so in one night. Don't know how long these will go, but I love the t-shirts. I love the lions on the front. I love the statement, the only knee we take is to the Lord. And I personally love the fact that the uh, name of the show is on the back of the t-shirts, subtly said, for the Lord is our banner. Yeah, my grandpappy used to say, when people show you who they are, believe them. Seems like a good, simple idea. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. One of the things, one of the many, many things, and I think I mentioned this on Monday, and I'm not trying to make this a grievance thing. Remember what Hillary said about, uh, about Clarence Thomas? Well, he's always been a man of hate and grievance and jealousy and race-mongering, and what difference at this point does it make? So I don't mean to make it my personal grievance or... Um, Festivus for the rest of us. But one of the many, many, many things for which I was called a conspiracy theorist uh, back in the radio days was when I said, and, and to be fair, my friend Dory Monson said this long, on the radio long before I did. One of the goals, as I call it, of the party is that you're not going to own a car because your freedom is an inconvenience in every way, shape, matter, idea, faction, or form of the party. Your freedom to choose to not have your kids indoctrinated into becoming angry, racist, little drug-addicted sex bots. Your freedom to choose to defend your life, liberty, and happiness with the rifle platform of your choice. Your right to not become injected with a poisonous mRNA injection, as we talked about yesterday. I hope you heard that. I hope you heard the admission from uh, from Debbie Burks in her book. Our freedom is always the issue. The, the foods we eat, the supply chain we enjoy, these things are a problem for the party no more than our personal mobility. When I began to say they intend to make it impossible for us to use our vehicles as they'd like. They want to turn the nation into a grid they want the roads to be like railroad tracks. They want to coordinate our movements in the blocks of time over which they approve. They want to be able to ship us package-like here or there at times they choose, at the speed they choose, with the number of people we have to sit by they choose, unless you have a gajillion dollars, in which case you purchase that choice. Because remember, in the minds of the technocrats, we simply don't need most people. And in the words of one of the World Economic Forum advisors, the best way to handle this is with video games and psychotropic drugs. 
to park people in front of computer screens and to medicate them so they spend what you might refer to as a life in the metaverse. So it's not necessarily killing them. It's just spiritually and mentally killing them. Then there are those who want to kill us. They're for real. They, they exist. When folks show you who they are, believe them. The World Economic Forum has called for an end to wasteful private car ownership. Now, the fact of the matter is, most private cars stay parked most of the time. Fact of the matter is, they're used about 4% of the time, as are stoves. But you don't hear people calling for an end to private ownership of stoves. So are washing machines. Well, and you do hear for an end, a call to the end for washing machines, but that's just because it's killing the planet. Beds are used about one third of the time. So why don't we make sure that we have bed sharing? The reason that they want the private car done away with is because it includes private decisions. And as a proxy to that, they're not quite able to come right out and say, yeah, we intend to make it too expensive for you to own a car. They use a proxy argument given in this case by a man named Mayor Pete, who has his job because he's same-sex attracted. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. So the, um, the World Economic Forum has said it is time to do away with the wasteful ownership of new cars. Uh, the way forward is to take consumers from owning to using cars. They argue that people should sell their cars and walk or share because car sharing platforms such as Get Around and Blue SG European have already seized the opportunity to offer vehicles where you pay per hour used. According to the World Economic Forum, this from a Neonet, oh, I mean, Neon Nettle. Uh, is to end private ownership is essential and can be applied from everything to cars to private homes, even citywide design principles. Right, because they intend to build homes without garages or driveways. And the BlackRock, I'm not talking about, I learned that there is a property developer called BlackRock. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about BlackRock, I'm talking about the mobbed up uh, financial company which owns Vanguard and Van Gogh owns BlackRock and, and they're mobbed up with the Federal Reserve, et cetera. You hear me and Zach talk about this on Friday a lot. They're buying up entire neighborhoods. It, doesn't, it won't surprise me a single bit when they change those neighborhoods so that those neighborhoods don't have garages. It won't surprise me a single bit when they say, oh, we don't allow Fox News in our neighborhoods. If you don't like that, go buy your own neighborhood. The World Economic Forum is not alone in almost criminal culpability of anyone who owns a, a, a private car. The International Energy Agency has directed global governments to urgently cut oil supplies to domestic consumers. Wow, is that happening? My grandpappy used to say, when people show you who they are, believe them. The IEA points to a 10-point plan to drive change in behavior of consumers. Number one, reduce speed limits on highways by at least 10 kilometers per hour. They're doing this. In the separate country of Seattle, they are maniacally narrowing streets, adding useless bus lanes. Did you know that the leftist um, porn paper there that sells sex trafficking ads the stranger, they tried to run a scary piece on me because I admitted on the radio publicly that I drove in bus lanes when there were no buses around because it's an act of insanity to not do this. You're driving into downtown Seattle. You're on this thing called the viaduct and that's been changed and, and ruinized. And, and there is a like four mile stretch of bus lane where once every 17 minutes, a bus rolls through, you better believe I drive in that lane. It's it's hundreds of millions of dollars of lane that is sitting unused. I drive my car up and everyone else is dutifully sitting in the, um, the single occupancy lanes. And no, I'm not going to do that. I, I drive in the HOV lanes all the way up and then I never block a bus. If there's a bus coming, I get out of the way. Now, the problem is as a saved person, a discipled person, ah, uh, well, I, 
I'm not supposed to do that except for the fact that, and this is getting down in the weeds, so I'll get back to the topic at hand. It happens that the HOV lanes in Washington state are illegally applied. I know that because I beat them in court all the time. I, I've, I've stopped losing in court. I, I have the keys to be able to drive in the HOV lanes whenever I want because they know they can't prosecute me. So I just walk in and I show the prosecutor all the rulings in my favor and I never get tickets. I never, I never have to pay a ticket anymore. So they've doing this. They are narrowing streets. They're lowering the speed limit to, to, to 10, 15 and 10 miles an hour. All of this to make it painful to drive. So back to this piece. So reduce the speed limits. Work from home three days a week where possible. Uh, car free Sundays in cities. They're doing this. Switzerland. And in the separate country of Seattle, they've taken entire streets and said, these are now street cafes. I know that you need to drive to work, but we don't care. This is now a street cafe. And they're giving restaurants that they hate because they hate private business. They're suddenly expanding the restaurant's footprint and square footage to include taxpayer property. So on one hand, there's the evil restaurants that that are profit-earning enterprises. On the other hand, they give these profit-earning enterprises um, um, taxpayer property to to set up shop. Number four, reduce public transportation prices and incentivize walking and cycling. They're doing that. Alternate private car access to roads in large cities. Restricting private cars' use of roads in large cities on alternate weekdays is a measure with a long track record of successful implementation around the world. Drivers in Ireland have already been warned they will be forced off the roads. So what they do is they'll take your license plate. Your license plate ends with an even number. You don't get to drive on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And the other license plates, those are your days. And Sundays are days off. It's a war against personal mobility. Now, this all is easily proven to be a war against us when you understand that these people have no intention of giving up their limousines and their private planes. None. They don't make any bones about who they they are and who we are. The World Economic Forum has announced they are the new gods. They have announced the end of of Homo sapiens. They've announced they are the new intelligent designers. They have announced they are the new gods. When people tell you and show you who they are, believe them. This is the, um, the, 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 the World Economic Forum had a big announcement here. The UN General Secretary... Antonio Guterres has signed an agreement with the World Economic Forum. And I'll just pause here for a second to say asterisk. I'm tagging right now. I am mentally tagging a whole bunch of people I used to work with in radio. In commercial radio who said, why are you talking about the World Economic Forum? They're just a think tank, just like the Heritage Foundation. They're just a think tank. Why are you spending any energy on this? This afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will sign will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda. What's in that agenda? Well... Forcing people to move into urban corridors is in that agenda. Going back to the mobility issue. The per mile driven tax, as I began to explain five years ago, already exists. The gas tax is per mile driven. If your car is parked and the engine is off, you're not paying for the gas. Well, you're not using it. You paid for it, but you're not using it. Therefore, if you think of the gas as a deposit in your car's accounts, you're not burning that deposit. You're not spending it. If you turn your, your, your car on, you begin, you begin drawing down on, on that deposit. You begin spending the money, basically. It's a per mile tax. 
So when they say they want a per mile driven tax, that's not what they want. They want a variable tax on every inch you drive. They want the ability to enable everything we just talked about. They want the ability not just to use license plates. That's, that's old style. They want to be able to decide on a daily basis if you get to drive, on an hourly basis. And I promise what's in the future is this is what they will begin to do. You will get a note on your smartphone. You'll be at work. So you work in the marina area of San Diego. And let's say that you, uh, you, you have to drive to your weekend place in Los Angeles. I guess it would be the opposite. Let's say you're in Los Angeles and you're going to drive up to your weekend place in Santa Barbara. So there you are. The kids are excited to go. And you get a note on your smartphone. Your car is not going to work today. Your car's parked. You will be taking public transport. The freeways are too full. Or you can unlock your car for a fee of 500 bucks. Now, if you live in Los Angeles and have a vacation place in Santa Barbara, that's probably fine. You go to Venmo or you go to the World Economic Forum app and you give them 500 bucks and they unlock your car and you know full well that when you get to Santa Barbara, they may say, hey, it's going to be 1500 bucks to come back. Okay. Right? You roll in money. It doesn't matter to you. On the other hand, you live in, um, you live in Black Diamond, Washington. And you work in downtown Seattle. Does it apply to you? Sure. You get a ping on your phone. Hey, um, the, the fee to drive home today is going to be 250 bucks. Or you can pick up five people. And we'll give you their addresses. We'll put it in your smartphone. And you can drive them out to Black Diamonds and drop them off at their places. Then you can go home. Or give us 250 bucks if you want to drive alone. That's in the future. So people who complain about this sort of prognostication that I'm doing, this sort of, um, someone said, so, so you consider yourself a soothsayer? No, I consider myself someone who simply believes people when they show me what they are. I simply look at the patterns. I, I, I simply look at the infrastructure that's being built. I simply look at the behaviors that's being normalized. I listen to what people say they want to do. And then when I realize they have power and then I watch them begin to implement it, I say, okay, so they were really serious. They, they fully intend to do this thing. And I'll give you another example. Back in the day in the separate country of Seattle, when the no youth jails thing became something that folks began to push, no youth prisons, no youth jails, I was speaking on the radio. And it was a partner show, which was a terrible idea. And I was doing the partner show and I said, so basically there's no crime a kid can commit that's serious enough that they need to go to prison. And a producer who hated me and, and, and took out my knees and was stabbing me in the back, a producer said, well, you know, you know, and cracked his mic because he decided it was time for him to be on the radio. You know, this is just political posturing. You know, they don't really mean this. And I said, no, I don't know that. I, I know they're very serious about this. And even if it's political, political posturing, it's okay for them to lie to people. So you're saying they're lying, but that's okay. And I'm saying they're not lying and it's not okay. I took them at their word. What are they doing? What are they doing with youth murderers? When people show you what they are, believe them. When they consistently show you what they are, believe them. When they're investing billions of dollars to install something in society, believe them. They're putting their money on the line to install the something. More Thank you, Mayor Pete. Thank you. They're, install they're spending millions of dollars to install something into society. So believe them. That's, that's, my, that's how we see all of this. We haven't even gotten to the big stuff yet. 
oh, we're just getting warmed up in terms of what they are. When you cherry pick all these quotes from the World Economic Forum, no one really says these things. Oh, oh, you heard what Jane Goodall said about 650 billion people? You hear that? The importance of choosing correct partnerships uh, is never more so than when you are doing a moral analysis. I've learned that, that soap is a very personal thing for people. And I get that. And I want to offer you this moral analysis. Uh, you know that we have a partnership with Allen's Artisan Soaps. You might know that Allen's Artisan Soaps is a company we choose to work with um, at a rate that we wouldn't give other companies, like not even close. Because we consider your time highly valuable. And we consider your loyalty extraordinary. And I mean it. We just had a conversation this past week with a, with a, a possible partner. And I'd love to have them on this program. And one of the things we emphasize is how unbelievably loyal you are, that you give our, our, our partners always a try. And, and, and most of the time, it works out awesome. So a moral analysis, I'm going to ask you to do something when you use Soapnex in your home, is simply consider the company and what they mean. And if you're solid with what they mean, sweet, stay with them. If you're not solid with what they mean or what they promote or for what they stand, then I ask you to try Allen's Artisan Soaps. And yes, I'm starting on the morality thing. That's, that's, that's true. This is a company that exists to help employ young people who are massively impacted by autism. They do a great job. And it's named after Alan, who is the chief soap officer who's invented a lot of the soaps, including, I said this wrong last week, I said lilac hickory or something. That would be gross. It's lilac applewood is the new scent. And then you know about the older scents. I've talked about them here forever. Um, you go to the ToddHermanShow.com, exclusive site for them. It's AlanSoaps.com. You get 10% off of everything. When you buy this and you try the product, here's what we're asking. Try the soaps. Try the sisal pouches, try the soap racks, go to allensoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd and buy your fill, try things. When you get them and you understand that this company is proving that all lives matter, that this company is going to bigger companies and saying, hey, if we can do this, you can do it too. If the soaps are as good as or better than the soap company whose values didn't match yours, subscribe, get the Herminator sub. Okay, it's just a little moral analysis. And the Herminator sub is a great deal. You get 10% savings forever. It's allensoaps.com slash Todd. This is um, Larry Fink, who's far beyond some think tank guy. So Larry Fink is the CEO of this incredibly mobbed up entity called BlackRock, which is effectively a country. And it is the tail that wags the dog called the Federal Reserve and the Treasury. So they and Vanguard together wag the, they're, they're the tail wagging the dog of our so-called financial system. And BlackRock is the company that owns, they're the top shareholder in every company that matters, in any company that has footprint. And they're the ones who cons, well, they didn't con, they pushed the treasury to invent, to conjure 300 and, or yeah, what, $360 billion and to illegally purchase corporate bonds from e these companies that Fink and his group own the majority shares of. This is Fink on the, on, on the TV show with Jimmy Kramer who has, by my count, been wrong about everything. Jim Cramer from CNBC, they're talking about ESG scores here. So someone's interested in what you're saying. You can invest in, in funds that do just this. Correct. So you can feel like you're part of the solution. Exactly. Now you are part of it, not feel. Feel. Really are. are part no, of it. No, but look at, we, there are, we are, we're going to have to tackle climate change. We're going to have to do it as a world. 
We're going to have to do it as a world, but not you. Not Jimmy Kramer and his vacation homes. Not Larry Fink and his private jets. We're going to have to do it to the world. Now, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. One of the big investments that, that BlackRock has made is buying media companies to the point where they have controlling shares, like they buy social media companies and have controlling shares, like they buy insurance companies, at, and, and et cetera, ad nauseum. And, but media has been a big investment for them. So people will say, well, wait a minute, CNN's destroyed their audience. Their new CEO is, in, in fact, begging Republicans to come back. Did you hear this? The new CEO of, of CNN says, no, no, we, we, we the, the days of, of twisting the news are over. We want, we want Republicans to come home to CNN. Well, good luck. You have two decades of catching up to do to, to have any hope of that. So BlackRock takes this position that we're going to fantasize. We're going to fetishize investing. So it's no longer a balance sheet. It's no longer profit and loss. It is no longer sensical. It's no longer logical. It's no longer objective. It is, we call it environment, uh, social justice, and governance. And if you do what we want you to do, then you're a good person and we'll give you access to capital. If you don't do what we want you to do, then we're going to call you a bad person, pretend you're a risk to society. Therefore, you don't get access to capital, period. And to make this personal, do you want to be able to buy a home in the future? Yes. Okay. Then you're going to follow the ESG score uh, scenarios. So they talk about this on Jimmy Kramer's show on CNBC and Kramer's wrong about just nearly everything. And we can turn so easily to a James O'Keefe Project Veritas piece. There is so much in this piece. You'll hear them admit that one of the duties of CNN was to see Trump out of office, to push Trump out. But you hear a lot more. Keep in mind, the ownership position BlackRock takes in media companies, their express desire to create lunatic scenarios in investing. And, and remember this, we departed healthcare. We departed any form of scientific rigor when they installed the Great Reset under cover of COVID. All of a sudden, infections meant nothing. All of a sudden, dying with something was the same as dying from. All of a sudden, they irrationalized healthcare. They wanted to do the same thing with investing. This story comes up, they're going to latch on to it. They've already announced in our office that once the public is will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate um, uh, climate like global warming and like that's going to be our next like um, I don't know like what's the word um, it's our it's going to be our focus like uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office right without saying it that's what it was right so our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness what does that look like I don't know I'm not sure I, I have a feeling it's just going to be like constantly showing videos of like decline and ice and weather warming up and like the effects it's having on the economy and, and really talking Who decides about that? The head of the network like just Who's that? Is that Zucker? Zucker, yeah. I imagine that he's got his counsel and they've all like discussed like where they think um, So that's like the next pandemic like story like that will yeah that will will be to death but that one's got longevity you know what I mean it's not like there's a definitive ending to the pandemic or you know like it'll taper off to a point that it's you know, not a problem anymore probably think it's going to take years so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit you know? the same discussion and it's so it's so instructive that these discussions always seem to be young men always on dates with young women it's the honeypot but it, it, it's it's the oldest trick um in the later in the discussion he says yeah it was our job to get trump out of office and now this is our job i guess i should have posted that part i'm sorry that's that's the oldest trick in politics I, I'm sure I've told you the story about how um, a young woman tried to entrap me. Did I tell you that? 
I didn't tell you this. I didn't tell you this. When I was in D.C., and it, it's related to James O'Keefe. In fact, let me tell you this. Of course, this. the more pain Dang we it. See, can I explain why you keep hearing Mayor Pete's voice? I use a device called the Roadcaster Pro, and I've loaded up with so much audio that normally, and this isn't because it's Mayor Pete, normally when I press the pink button, it's the transition sounder for the show. But I've loaded it up with so much audio today that, that the transition button somehow ended up being Mayor Pete. So I'm going to race that so we don't have that happen again because I don't need Mayor Pete breaking into the show. It's bad enough that he's broken into our society, broken into our leadership, not our society, but our leadership. I'll tell you this story. And then remember, when people show you or tell you who they are, believe them. In fact, this is a good example of that. I had um, a great series of tweets over the weekend from people who are promoting bone frog coffee. And it is so cool to see bone frog respond to this and thank people for this. Um, our friend, David, who is, is somewhat of a fanatical friend of the show um, and very loyal, very interesting dude, very, very unique man. Um, David put up a couple of tweets. He gave Bonefrog and Allen's to his niece. That's really cool. Really cool gift. Uh, Bonefrog is coffee made uh, from a team. It's led by a guy who's a 25-year Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL. And this is a good time to remember since the Second Amendment is under attack. There was another coffee company started by veterans who said, yeah, we're the Second Amendment coffee company. That's what we are. That's our, those are our principles. And then Kyle Rittenhouse needed to afford himself of his second amendment rights. And then this company came out and attacked Kyle Rittenhouse and said, yeah, not, not, not those rights. Not, not like that. But yeah, we're the second amendment people. That's not going to happen with Bonafrog coffee on the bags of all the coffees. It says God country and team. That's, that's non-negotiable. And I've also seen now people once again getting the Bonefrog stickers. And I think the, the one that's furthest now from Washington State, which is where those guys are located, the furthest now is Florida. And I sent a note back to the person saying, how far south? Because it would be really cool if you went from, you know, northwestern Washington all the way to the southern tip of Florida. So we'll find out. It's bonefrog.us. Make sure you use the .us, please. Bonefrog.us. So when someone shows you, demonstrates who they are, believe them. Believe them. Um, this, uh, this happens in Washington, D.C., and this could sound like a departure. I promise you it's not a departure. It's a real, it's, it's matters to the show. I was in D.C. Uh, working at the Republican National Committee. And a young woman was in town for CPAC and she sent me a note on social media and she said, Hey, I, um, I'm in town for, for this event and I really want to work in conservative politics and I'm young and I'm trying to get a start and it's hard to break in. Would you be willing to meet with me? And I took these meetings all the time because we needed young people. And we needed, uh, we, we needed that base and we needed activists and professionals. So I decided to take this meeting with her. And so we met next door at a place called the Capitol Hill club, which man, it's the shiny shoe place of all shiny places. Like the first time I ate there on my own, I bumped into Bill Crystal and, and he was getting pancakes and I was getting bacon. And now I know about Bill Crystal. So anyway, I met, I met her there. We had lunch in a very public place. I made sure that we were in public the whole time because I'm not stupid and because God protects me from things and thank, thank God he protected me from this girl. And so we had lunch. I gave her the advice. Uh, we walked back all, all uh, like never got in the elevator with her, walked the stairs, went back, went into the lobby at the RNC and was saying, nice to meet you. I extended my hand to give her a professional handshake. 
Uh, she grabbed my hand. She pulled me forward, full body hug, full body. And then she kissed me and tried to kiss me on the lips. And I turned my head and she ended up like kissing the corner of my lip. And I was like, okay, thank you. Bye. And our security guard, Dwayne, after she left, he goes, who was that? I said, I don't know. I thought she wanted a job in politics. She goes, that's a hooker. <laughs> so I don't know about that. Uh, but did you know her? No. And she kissed you like that? I go, I know, I know. And I go, is that on film? He goes, yeah, it's on film. And we tagged that. And I went, I worked. So that night we went to CPAC. And she came by. She saw me at a table with people I knew. And she popped up and she said, hey, how are you? I said, hey, yeah, nice to see you. And I didn't introduce her to anybody because I didn't want anybody to know her. And she said, are you staying at the hotel? I said, no, 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 I live a long way from here, which wasn't true, but I didn't want her to know I lived anywhere near there. And she handed me her business card and her room number. Okay, flash forward. I watched the news the next day. And that woman had accused James O'Keefe of raping her. And had as evidence from her panties found outside his room. And O'Keefe, O'Keefe's brilliant. He had, his, he had his own room surveilled. And, and so he was easily able to prove, no, this never happened. And when I saw her picture, I thought, oh my gosh. I, she tried to do this to me. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And I sent, I sent O'Keefe a note and said, hey, by the way, if there's any, you are in any problems with this, let me know. Because I will be a witness. I have footage of what she tried to do in our lobby. I have, I, I'm there for you. O'Keefe wrote back, you're very kind. If I need this, I'll let you know. I had my room under surveillance. I think I'm going to be fine. When people show you who they are, believe them. This is John Kirby with the State Department. And then lastly, it's a driver of actual missions because uh, climate change uh, creates uh, instability, which creates insecurity in some places. And you can end up, the, the, the fighting in Syria uh, started really as a result of a drought. Um, and so there's, uh, there's a, it, it can actually drive military missions and, and, and force the military to become involved in places and at times uh, where they wouldn't have had, had to otherwise. So again, I don't want to get out of the president or any, um, any decisions he may or may not make, but, uh, but the president believes it, that this is uh, a, a very important issue for our own national security, and, and we're going we're gonna to treat it that way. The, the president believes every day is applesauce day. The president believes. The president believes this is a very serious issue. He slept well last night. Uh, he ate his breakfast and lunch. I fully he actually showed me his plate didn't ask about the menu but I did see an empty plate with crumbs and I have some guesses about he's it's applesauce day but Kirby said something here we're back to the Syrian civil war because it was was because it got hot the, the Middle East has been at war for how long well we know this it's, and it, this ties back into we need to take your car away on Sundays because of the global warming, which has caused the COVID and long COVID. By the way, did you hear that long COVID doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, there's a new paper on this. No, there's no long COVID. And he speaks of instability. When people show you what they are, believe them. The Biden regime is installing insecurity and we're not even to the tough stuff yet. People show you who they are, believe them. This is Josh Hawley, who, and Josh Hawley is now the leftist found footage of him on January 6th running through a hallway. And this is after he apparently pumped his fist at the protesters, which obviously meant break into the Capitol and try to kidnap people versus keep, keep voicing your concerns. I think the election was stolen too, because Josh Hawley gets to think that. I believe it was rigged. Did they succeed in stealing it? Probably. It was absolutely rigged without a doubt. I'll debate anybody on this. It was a rigged election. So he'd have fist up in the air, but now they have this footage of Josh Hawley running and they're making it into he was panicked and running away. Maybe he was. 
But it could also be that he's running to a meeting. It could be that he's running to talk to his staff. It could be that he's been called in by the president to get on a phone call. It could be a hundred things. This is Josh Hawley with, you want to talk instability? Here's instability. How many individuals have presented TSA with arrest warrants or deportation notices and were permitted to travel? Just, just think of this. I'm sorry to start the clip again, but just think of this. Hi, and welcome to um, First Party Bank. Uh, how can I help you? Um, I need to open a new account. Excellent, sir. May I see uh, two pieces of ID, um, your social security number, employee and identification number, uh, LLC formation papers, uh, business license uh, with the state of Idaho. If you're licensed to do business in other states, you'll need to see that. Um, an origin paper and then uh, the partnership agreement listing uh, all of the, uh, of the minority and majority partners as well as life insurance held on those partners. This is for checking account. Yes, sir. What if I'm an illegal immigrant? Oh, then all I need is an arrest warrant. How many individuals have presented TSA with arrest warrants or deportation notices and were permitted to travel in this calendar year? Uh, under a thousand, sir. How does this policy comport with 18 U.S.C. 1325, which criminalizes improper entry into the United States by an alien? Sir, these uh, individuals that have these arrest warrants, those arrest warrants were issued by the Border Patrol or a customs officer. Um, and they serve as a beginning to our identity verification process. So you can't walk up to a checkpoint wave that form, and then you go right through into screening. We go through a process to verify that you are the person that you claim to be uh, and that you are receiving the level of screening, which always includes uh, enhanced screening when people don't have the proper identification. So if somebody who presents an, an arrest warrant is subject to an in-person interview with the airport's federal security director? They have a, uh, an interview with the officers that are on scene at the checkpoint, but that's not all that's happening. What those officers are doing are they're, they're talking to... Wait, wait, when you say the officers on scene at the checkpoint, who, what are we talking about? The there? transportation security officers, the uniformed officers at the checkpoint. Okay, but not the federal security director. They, they will bring in the federal security director if needed. Well, why would that person not be needed if, if you have someone who's an illegal immigrant? Right. So, so we aren't looking at whether a person is legal or illegal in the country. Our, our function is to make sure that... Why not? Because our role is to make sure that um, people that might pose a risk to transportation um, that's significant enough to either require enhanced screening or to not allow them to fly, um, that the proper... So your position is someone who is known to have violated the laws of the United States does, does not thereby need enhanced screening? You're not concerned about this person as a security threat? Uh, sir, there are people every day that violate the laws of the United States that fly. Uh, we look for things that are related to transportation security. And you don't think someone who is, who is by definition, mm -hmm. somebody presents a warrant for arrest, mm -hmm. you don't think that that necessitates enhanced screening? Uh, they get enhanced. All, all of those individuals get enhanced screening. You just told me that it doesn't necessarily involve the, no, any, any interview with the federal security director, and you also said that you may well let them get on airplanes. And then and in last fact, you've allowed at least 1,000 people to get on sure, airplanes but, but, this year, but, calendar year alone. Right, but it, <laughs> a... Um, how about arresting him? How about, oh, that's an arrest warrant. Hold on. You're under arrest. It's an idea. Well, but we're just, we're looking at transportation stuff. Right. So if I go through that line and I say to you, I'm not going to show you my ID, but I insist on getting in the plane and they say, no, you can't get in the plane. You can't go through the line. No, I insist. Sir, leave the airport. No, I'm not leaving. All right, we're going to arrest you. But do you have an arrest warrant? And you don't even just call the cops? You're a federal officer. There are other federal officers there. There's a detention facility there. You talk instability? When people show you what they are, believe them. And now, as Paul Stanley with Kiss would say, now it's going to get tough. Remember that? I don't know if you heard that. It was the acoustic show on MTV, and, and uh, they played a metal song, and, and then they were going to go into Cold Gin, and Paul Stanley, whose real name is Stanley Easton, said, and now it gets rough. He's a tough guy. Don't you know? I got to admit, I'm still kind of buzzing from seeing my beloved family member walk into breakfast the other day. I think I mentioned this yesterday. Forgive me. Uh, when she came in aglow, 
that was really cool. It was really cool. And I could see a difference in the way she looked and held herself. And which me, uh, to me equates to the more important factor of how she felt. And that she recognized that in her estimation, this is tied to soda weight loss and the results. And this is after a week, by the way. Um, in fact, yeah, it would be after six days. I saw it. And she was able to sit there in the restaurant and have absolutely no issues ordering food because the soda weight loss program is not about you have to eat their food all the time. And if you do have to eat their food, I happen to love their food. I, I, I love the convenience of it. And some of the food I legitimately love. Like we've talked about the energy bars and the great controversy in my house about that. But they're about freeing you, not just from the unwanted fat, they're about freeing you from ever having to deal with it again. They're about making sure that for the rest of the days you walk the earth, you never need to let the party trap you back up into the diabetes making machine. That you learn how to make the choices that steer around that and be satisfied and satiated. They're about not just dropping the fat, but dropping the, hey, getting back on the treadmill of loss. Like not the, the good treadmill, but getting back on the rat's wheel. Like when I took off 150 pounds, you know, my biggest fear was putting it back on. I was obsessive about set point. That's when you reach a point, your body says, oh, this is what we weigh. Guys, twice this week, twice this week, I ate whatever I wanted. I weighed in. I didn't put on a, an ounce because when you reach this point and you treat your body this way and you follow the soda protocols, you are freed from that. Now, if you go off course for a couple of weeks, understand this. Once you hit your goal weight with the nutritionists on the science-based protocol, soda stands for state of the art. Once you hit that goal weight, if you find yourself wandering and not getting results or putting on fat, call them. They will work with you right then and there to help you figure out where you went off. And if that involves going back on the program for a little while, so be it. And at that point, you pay for the food, the advice, but man, they'll get you back on track right away for free. Phone call. That's what they'll do because they're so committed to this. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. I should find that clip of Paul Stanley. Now it gets rough. Cold gin. It's so funny. I've mentioned this before. Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley don't drink. And they sang that song, Cold Gin. I once heard David Lee Roth talk about when he was with Van Halen and he would come out with a bottle of, of uh, Jim, uh, of Jack Daniels. They talking about love, baby. And hey, it's Van Halen, baby. Hold on. I got to drink some of this Jack Daniels. <laughs> it's juggled, you know, chugging a, a half pint of Jack Daniels. Throws the bottle to the side. Jamie's crying. And, and David Lee Roth said later, it was astounding to him that people believed he could be drinking that and then do the gymnastics that he did on stage. Now it gets tough. When people show you who they are, believe them. Uh, well, you sure do cherry pick those sound clips from the World Economic Forum. The planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. That's a, 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 an advisor to the World Economic Forum, one of many who says we don't need most people, one of many who advocates. And he does later say, I've got the full clip where he says, hopefully we can do this in a slow way. And so everybody's exposed, meaning that we equally murder, you know, with the, 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 the diversity, um, equity, et cetera. Equality, equity. Um, when people show you who they are, believe them. That's one guy. You remember Jane Goodall? 
We'll talk about Jen Goodall in just a second. She was the lady who went and lived with apes for a long time and is considered to be an expert in apes. And I imagine she is. She's probably one of the top experts in how apes live and that she's lived with them. Do you remember the Georgia Guidestones that recently got blowed up? Do you know that those were put up by anonymous people? And they were very expensive, very expensive project. And the people who put them up were sworn to secrecy and probably have a very expensive non-disclosure agreement. If they ever, ever disclose who paid for this, they'll probably end up, you know, destroying their financial lives. Here's what the Guidestones say. Basically, maintain humanity under 500 or uh, yeah, 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature. 500 million. So that would mean that you have to get rid of 6.5 billion people. Now, how on earth would you get rid of 6.5 billion people? The the lockdowns have said they're a new way of doing things. We know that they're very harmful. In 2019, so just before COVID, late 2019, the WHO released its pandemic influenza guidelines where they said only in extreme conditions do you close, you know, to have prolonged border closures, workplace closures, etc., they strongly recommend against them because they pointed out that they can do more harm than good. We we know that you know, the the numbers are, are pretty shocking for what has been done from these lockdowns. So we know about it's estimated 140 million people or more uh, have been added to you know, people on the edge of starvation, and that's likely to get worse. We've damaged supply lines. And malaria has gone up. So malaria last 2020. An extra 60,000, 70,000 children died of malaria compared to the previous year. And much of this will be because they couldn't get to clinics when they had a fever. TB, HIV, we know will be going up. The vaccine programs for preventable childhood diseases have been severely harmed in a lot of countries. So we expect more children to die from that. Schools have been closed, which has a huge impact on the future in terms of the ability for people to get out of poverty and get their countries out of poverty. That is David Bell. Who's he? He's a scientist. Where did he work? The World Health Organization. When people show you who they are, believe them. These are people who want to steal our personal mobility. These are people who want us to eat fake meat that we have to buy from them because it's all patented. These are people who want us to have to purchase patented fish. From, from the most evil company that's ever existed, Monsanto. They want us to have to purchase patented wheat. They want to rid the world of fish that reproduce and wheat that is a staple crop that, that reproduces, that is a, um, a staple crop because it's a heritage seed that continues to regrow. They are a people who want to be able to inject us with whatever they want at any time, for any reason. There are people who never want us to own a thing, particularly a thing that provides the freedom of mobility like a car. They're those people. They're people who have absolutely no issue with, with, with killing 60 million babies in the United States in a so-called medical procedure. They're a people who have absolutely no problem lying about an injection that they know is deadly. These, that's who they are. That's, this is who they are. Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall's a media darling. Because she lived with the apes. So she gets great media coverage. Guess what else got great media coverage? 15 days to stop the spread. The vaccine, 95% effective. Quite impressive. Vaccines are going to succeed. There's hope. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love. In order to get rid of this pandemic, get vaccinated. Roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. With each shot, we're just a little bit closer to normal. If we do this now, we protect ourselves, our loved ones, and every other person around the globe. And get back to school and work. To get back to each other, to life. Doctors say people who've been vaccinated are unlikely to get COVID if they've received any of the three available vaccines. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a great one-and-done shot. This is the J&J vaccine that I'll be taking, so one and done. <laughs> 
COVID breakthrough infections. We're increasingly hearing about fully vaccinated people infected with COVID. Is there any reason not to get a booster at this point? Not at all. Global leaders to consider changing the definition of being fully vaccinated to three doses. Potential fourth shot, another booster. Talk about people getting a fourth. Four, I thought we were just talking about three. Fourth shot may be needed six months after your booster. Fully vaccinated sounded so reassuring and definitive and complete. Um, And then we started talking about boosters and now we're talking about fourth dose. Told me to get vaccinated and you told me that the viruses, that was going to be protective. Oh, now there's breakthrough cases. Oh, well, you didn't tell me about that, but okay, I'll get a booster shot. Oh, now you're telling me that the booster is pretty good, but I may need to get another shot again. If it becomes necessary to get yet another boost, then we'll just have to deal with it. This is not about freedom. Require all employers fully vaccinated. The country will be using vaccine passes as proof of being fully vaccinated. And if you've had both jabs, the Green Pass giving you access to restaurants, hotels, and gyms. A QR code is going to be required uh, for vaccine passports. Vaccine passports, the government had planned to drop them. They are going to keep them indefinitely. This is the new normal. Perfect. Do you have some idea with that? Proof of vaccination. When people show you who and what they are, believe them. Just days after getting their second COVID-19 vaccine, two teenage boys died in their sleep. When people demonstrate who they are, believe them. Jane Goodall, since um, I don't want to go on cherry picking quotes from the World Economic Forum, speaking here at a World Economic Forum event. She speaks of an interesting number. It's the same number that Dennis Meadows, a professor who seems to advocate killing 6.5 billion people and a World Economic Forum advisor, quotes, roughly the same number. It is the same number that the guy whose name I don't even like to mention who advises Klaus Schwab speaks of. He's the guy who says he's the new God. He's the new intelligent designer. He mentions it's the same number said in a different way that's on the Georgia Guidestones. The same number that Jane Goodall mentions. We cannot hide away from human population growth because You know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. 500 years ago, the population, what she just spoke, the number, We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. 500 years ago, there were 500 million people to 650 million. What is the number on the Guidestones? What is the number that Dennis Meadows seems to push? What is the number that the World Economic Forum seems to push? What is the number of people that PhDs who've studied the injections say are going to die in America from these injections? A hundred million across time. What's the global number? What's the increase in all-cause mortality? 140% in millennials. 40% across the board. 189% in military members. What are the effects? Stillborns. Miscarriages. Sperm counts taking a dive. Incidentally, what's happening with sperm counts across the board? On this globe. Sperm counts are bottoming out. Testosterone levels are bottoming out. There is a drive to castrate chemically and surgically young people, conning them 
with the transgender lie. When people show you who they are, believe them. The Lord said, we will know them by their fruits. The Lord said, evil will be good and good will be evil. The Lord said that there will be false prophets, fake gods. The Lord said, be fruitful and multiply. The Lord said he loved the world so much he gave his only son. The party says too many people. I know that's the heavy part of the show. When people show you who they are. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Believe them. Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. What we heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. The liberal world order. Stand firm on what? On their commitment to what? To decreasing what? In direct opposition to whom? Today is the day the Lord has made. These are the times to which he's decided that we shall live, and it is a time of choosing. Have you made your decision? This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be ever mindful that Satan is a sneaky, sneaky thief going about looking to deceive. He is a liar and murderer from the very, very beginning, and this is a time to choose.